Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from beyond the Outer Rim, just south of the Rishi Maze on a watery planet named Kamino, I'll be your cloner, Dave Trumbor. Joining wow. me as always, the freshly hatched clone and my co-host, John Paul Ellis. How's it going, sir? Uh, David, 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 I'm doing well. How about yourself, buddy? I'm doing real good. I'm a little concerned. You're looking a little peaky at the moment. Are you feeling okay after you just uh, hatched out of your uh, accelerated aging chamber? It's been an experience, okay. but I'm making the best of the situation I've been handed, and I've found out that I've got about a thousand other brothers, so what's not to love about it? Yeah, that's a good day. And speaking of your brothers, I feel like maybe you've got a couple there with you. Would you like to introduce them to the listeners out there? I got some bros here that I'm super excited about. We have, uh, returning, we have two returning guests. Uh, thankfully, we have uh, my other clone, uh, Tony Lazzaroni. Um, yes. He, he's, the, uh, he's the director of Crowded Elevator Pictures. I am Sean's clone. Oh, no. He's a robot clone <laughs> for some reason. Set but. this up as a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have returning guest in front of the show. We have Mike Visser, who is the owner of Flying Fish Coffee and Tea. So Hello. welcome back, guys. Welcome back, Mike. Thank you. You have and some successful th- clones there, bud. I'm jealous. I know. Well, we should, we should say first and foremost at the top, we know that this is an audio podcast, but we need to mention the fact that Mike is wearing a Wookiee Chewbacca onesie right now. It's fantastic. It's warmer than it has any right to be. <laughs> I wear it around the house just because it's cold sometimes. This was his Halloween costume. This was probably the best thing I saw at Target during all of Halloween. Halloween was an excuse for me to have this in my closet. <laughs> oh, it's Halloween. That's why I need this. It's yeah. definitely the reason. That's a good it. cover yes. story, definitely. To be honest, I just thought that was Mike when he walked in. I didn't realize it was a it was a costume. I he just, is really that hairy. He, when, no, honestly, no. If he takes if he takes it off, the only difference is there's no sash. <laughs> That's his dress. No, like Wookie bandolier. That's his business casual Wookie. Just no sash. <laughs> now looking good. Everybody's looking good tonight. We're all we're all uh, fanatics for this particular series. Mike actually yes. brought this one to us, and specifically the episode we're going to talk about tonight. I don't know if Mike was aware that he's supposed to bring us terrible cartoons to talk about on this show, however. Um, I tried. I, and as I watched, I really wanted to be like, oh, this. Nope, I love it. Yeah. Nope. He brought us a good can't, one. Can't find things that are really. There's some funny things in it, but. No, there's definitely a lot to talk about. It's, it's like Sean and I were talking about last week. We did Star Wars Ewoks last week. And it was one of those things where we like shows that are on one end of the spectrum or the other, either really really bad or really really good so luckily for this particular episode tonight we've got something on the the good end of the spectrum ewoks was surprisingly in the middle so it kind of left us with like a shrug like i don't know what to talk about but <laughs> tonight we're going to be talking about star wars the clone wars and to give you a little bit of background on that i'm going to throw it back over to sean yes yes star wars the clone wars is an american cgi animated television series created by george lucas and is produced by lucasfilm animation the series is launched with an animated feature film, which was released in theaters on August 15th, 2008. Episodes debuted on Cartoon Network on October 3rd of that same year and ran for six seasons and 121 episodes. The six-season episodes were made available in the U.S. for streaming on Netflix, along with the entirety of the series beginning on March 7th, 2014. So if you have Netflix, holidays are upon us. Time to binge, guys. I'm after Jessica Jones, but then fill it in with some Clone Wars because this one is fantastic. I don't know. I have Master of None on my list. Do I need to get to that? Oh, first? you need to get to Master of None as well. Yeah, clear that out first. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
Uh, a project known as Clone Wars Legacy adapted unproduced story arcs into other formats that began in August of 2014. Yeah, so there you go. There's a brief history of Star Wars The Clone Wars. And before I get into the series synopsis of what the show is actually about, Tony, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Aziz Ansari's uh, special on Netflix. Is that correct? He, well, it's his, his show. It's, it's his show. His show, yeah, okay. His... I wasn't sure if it was just a special or if it was a, it was a full-run show. Uh, he actually yeah. had a, a tweet the other day. I think there's a bit in one of his, um, it's either a stand-up routine or it's actually featured in the show, where he's talking about a friend of his that comes up and, and pitches this story of Car Man, about a man who turns into a car. And then someone, I think it was at Complex Media, actually was like, uh, Aziz, there's this cartoon called Turbo Team that that actually <laughs> happens. So we obviously had to tweet him because this on Saturday Morning Cartoons, Turbo Team was our first ever episode. And it's still one of the most insane fucking things we've ever watched. So we, <laughs> we suggest that you not only go check out that first episode of our podcast, but also check out uh, Aziz Ansari's uh, Master None as well on Netflix. As for Star Wars The Clone Wars, it is set in the fictional Star Wars galaxy during the three years between the prequel films Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones and Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Now, it's not to be confused with Star Wars Clone Wars, the 2003 animated series created by Gendy Tartakovsky that took place during the same timeline. Star Wars The Clone Wars follows the conflict between the Republic and Separatists, with General Grievous and Count Dooku acting as the main antagonists. Most of the episodes follow the diplomatic adventures of Anakin Skywalker and his Padawan, Ahsoka Tano. As the series goes on, Anakin drifts closer to the dark side while Ahsoka's own rebellious personality continues to develop. So this was kind of a tough one to put in context for people who were just coming into this and think that, hey, we're talking about a Star Wars cartoon, how hard could it be? But there's a lot of, you know, you've got Attack of the Clones, you've got The Clone Wars, and you've got Clone Wars, it all kinds of gets jumbled up. But I think the easiest thing to remember is that this takes place between episodes two and three. And that's probably the easiest way to just kind of keep track of the characters and why certain people are here and why certain others are not. Um, Mike, like I said, you brought this one to our attention. So can you just kind of give us your, just your experience with coming to this series and um, just kind of your thoughts on uh, the series overall? Yeah, I mean, you know, so coming to the series, uh, I picked it up when it showed up on Netflix because I'm a fan of Star Wars. And Star Wars for me had always been like, boom, light side, good, boom, dark side, evil. They fight. That's pretty much all there is to it. But the Clone Wars, I don't know if like somebody was like, hey, write a TV show and then just didn't look in on them for five years. Because they put all kinds of nuance. Like sometimes you're rooting for the Jedi and sometimes you think the Jedi are a bunch of dicks. And you're not sure why they just sacrificed 10,000 clones to save one guy. Right. And then they're like, oh, here's a whole set of series about how cool the clones are. And how individual they are. Oh, and they just dumped them in the trash. Like, literally, like, oh, you're not good enough anymore. Threw them in the trash. Oh, man. So they just, they inject a ton of nuance into it. So by the end of it, I was just like, man. This took Star Wars, which was good versus evil, and just, like, filled in all of the gray area in between. And again, yeah, like, sometimes I think somebody wasn't paying attention. Yeah, it's like actually. If they had known it, they would, have, they would have done it. Yeah, it's great because it actually gives the, you know, the showrunners time to actually expand and develop some of these characters and the storylines that happen between them. So I think that I love when, you know, we have these massive universes that exist within the cinematic spectrum, but then I love when they actually do these little spin-off, well not even spin-off, but just TV series that allow to expand into different stories and I really think the fans respond to it well too. Now, before we get into, you know, the theme song and whatnot for tonight's episode, Tony, were you familiar with this series before we uh watched it for tonight's discussion? 
Um, I was I was familiar with it in so much as uh, Mike is my roommate and he is a Uber fan, <laughs> and so uh, I commonly know what things Mike is into because I will come home from work and he will be sitting on the couch. Uh, being the owner of a coffee shop, he also he often has downtime in the afternoon, uh, so he'll be at home watching through whatever his current binge focus is for that uh, for that that month. Um, and so he went through this full season. Did you do it twice or? No, I did this one once. Did it once? It's, it's okay. six seasons long. Yeah. It takes a little while to get through. How many times have you watched Enterprise? Twice. Yeah. See? <laughs> <laughs> the entire series. So I'm not putting it past you not to All go right, through something fair. twice. Fair. Um, but no, that, that was about the most that I'd had uh, connection to it. I'm a big uh, Genedine Tartakovsky fan mm-hmm. as far as his work. So that one I was more familiar with between the two. Um, the animation style on this one was, was kind of interesting, but that bit. Yeah, definitely. Don, like, you had something else to add? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I, I just, I, I don't know how I missed this. I don't know how I, I, I missed this show oh. on TV. I, I, I'm actually kind of shocked. Like, I, for as much as I love Star Wars, I would have thought that this would have been right in my wheelhouse, mm-hmm. but for some reason, I, I just spaced. And then when we found this and watched this this week, I, I had that moment where I thought to myself, oh, shit, I've got a lot of television to watch now. I have 121 episodes that, yeah. I need to, like, that I need to go through, which is exciting to me right. you know, to kind of fill in some of those gaps, as we mentioned about the series synopsis and where this takes place in terms of their, their timeline. That, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, there's so much to explore in that. And, and like you said, even the, uh, one of the conversations and just, you know, that we've talked about is just sort of some of the, the nuanced reactions that are in this show for, for CG like animation, I was really impressed at some of the moments where like you see Anakin get so pissed about something and you see his like his brow furrow and that like he just gets this look in his eye where I, I know that these are are computer generated, but I, I have to think to myself, like, oh, like some shit's really gonna go down. And I don't it's know. That, I'm gonna murder some little kids. Look, it's like right. yeah, it's, <laughs> all these younglings are done. Oh, and when the, when whenever he gets near the younglings with the lightsaber in this episode, I get a little like, yeah, <laughs> yeah right, as you should. <laughs> no, but it's great. I love watching it in that context because if you've seen, you know, obviously the six movies, then you know what is going to happen after this series, you know, story has run out. So you do mm-hmm. see shades of that. You do see hints of that as the as the story progresses, and I think that adds kind of an extra tension that the writers are definitely very much aware of because they're just as big of fans as everybody else. So uh, for me personally, this was one that I had, I think I had had it on in the background on Netflix just while I was working. And it's, it's honestly, it's not one of those shows. It's not one of those shows where it's just kind of like on in the background. And you just kind of let it run. Like Mike was saying earlier on, there's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of really developed and complex stories and the narratives that they, they, bring into the show so if you really want to get into it then you kind of have to pay attention you can't just kind of have it on in the background as a fun show yeah uh for tonight it was really hard to narrow down even yeah. one episode because it was just like where do you want to go who do you want to talk about yeah there's so much going on to even try to pick one episode to like vaguely encompass what happens yeah and to mike's point he you know we gave him the task of just picking one he, he gave us a few that were like they had a good range and then we were just like not nah, just pick one and we'll go with that and we'll see what we can do <laughs> so he picked and not only that yeah. he managed to pick one that is part of a three-part episode yeah so. i think this four, entire four season part. four parts yeah excuse me. i think i think all of season five just from doing a little bit of research on it, i think this was entirely composed of separate four-part story arcs so it's a tough one to to dig into but 
the episode by itself is so well done that you get an idea of what the situation is, and then you have hints of what happens afterwards, but it's only if you really watch the rest of them, so it's good writing, because it leaves you with cliffhangers and Ahead, and Dave, and Dave, I am <laughs> almost literally at the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that too. But, yeah. I, I am, I am dying to know what the resolution is to this story arc. Yeah, sure. Sean, Sean I, tried I, watching what the next two, and then we ran out of time because we had to record the episode. The so he's got to go back and watch like two more. Oh, I might have to give you a spoiler. I, I would like a spoiler. Right. I think I know who it is. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll okay. get there. It's telegraph. But before right. we get into uh, tonight's episode, let's talk briefly about this series theme song. Now, for folks who listened to our show last week with Star Wars Ewoks, you probably remember we were not too pleased with that theme song. Um, this week, I think, is more of what we expected. So, Sean, do you want to kind of walk us through what your reactions were to this theme song? I'm actually going to I'm actually gonna throw it over to Tony. Okay, cool. So, uh, for this theme song, I mean... It is exactly what I would want, which is it's true to Star Wars, you know? Yeah. Um, we mentioned Enterprise a little bit ago. One of the things I hated about that was that it completely just abandoned the, the theme and it went for like a modern rock song or something like that. I can't it's remember. the worst song. God, it was so <laughs> terrible. But this one, this one did what, what series like this should. You yeah. have one of the most epic soundtracks of all time already built and sitting there and waiting, and this is part of the same IP, so why don't you, why don't you bring across that amazing theme? All of this wonderful John Williams music. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's get on this. Milk let's it for all this. Worth, and, yeah. they, and they do, and they do it not, not just within the theme song, but even within the movements and the transitions and things like that. They, they stick with the theme. The wipes that are, the, that are going on yep. during the episode are those same kind of funky, you know, uh, uh, angled angled wipe across the screen yep. type things that were frankly if i'm using them in iMovie or something like that as a as a video editor are kind of cheesy and cheap but they're very star wars and when you put it in that star wars universe i am 100% fine with them. like they're that that's what i that's what i enjoy about them that kind of almost what would have been chintzy is is you know real and and fun uh yeah so this theme was this theme was excellent it uh I, I heard your episode with uh, the X Men, so uh, you know, not quite to that level. It doesn't it doesn't tie in. I don't I don't hear this theme and think about this show. I think about the movies. Right. But but was the Japanese version of this intro better than the American version? <laughs> I did not see the Japanese one yet. Oh man! I'll tell you what, real weird. All of the Avengers are in it. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that you're just like, this doesn't make any sense, but it's in it. And I was so cool with it. I was very excited. I mean, are we really going to call this a theme song? Because it really just like, it's almost like a theme punch in the face. Yeah. Like the screen is black and it just goes, Star Wars, and that's it. Yeah. And that's <laughs> just the logo just stamp right on your face. Yeah. But there's no. For like a minute. For a minute. <laughs> I had to rub my face afterwards because there was a Clone Wars impression on my cheek. Yeah, I can still see it. You got a little bit of it. It just hits you with the logo. It's still right here. And the initial fanfare, and then it's over. That's it. That's the whole thing. The thing that was really sad to me, Mike, was when you know when you watch Netflix, when you watch a bunch of episodes on Netflix, over time Netflix gets hip to it and is like and thinks to it thinks, hey, I'm Netflix. Yep. I know what you want and it cuts out the theme song. Yeah, let's skip ahead. Yeah. <laughs> that was really frustrating to me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 Netflix. I, I, I want this. I want this cu- No, okay, fine. You Netflix knows best. You have to do what The Walking Dead does and embed it 18 minutes into the show. Exactly. Oh, God. And oh, oh, right. This is the beginning. Okay. After the quote-unquote cold open. Yeah. 
I actually just watched pretty much the entire run of Seinfeld, so I was kind of glad that Netflix had that built-in function because I would have probably just killed myself if I had to listen to that that slap bass one more time. But I digress. Which which is not even a slap bass. Uh, what is it? That's a fucking synthesizer. No, it's okay. just a synth. It's okay, Tony. It's I guess that makes synth. sense. Okay. Oh, okay. Tony, Tony uh, just flipped a table over, ladies I'm and a, gentlemen. I'm a He's very player. upset. That, that, that's Bob. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go back into Tony's wheelhouse in a little bit. We're gonna talk about some Foley stuff too, because since he mentioned the you know this theme was kind of carried over for the series, it's nice when you get to have the same sort of like sound effects and things that you have become accustomed to while watching Star Wars. It makes the transition into this sort of medium a lot easier when there's a lot more familiar thing. All right, cool. So now that we've got the theme song covered, we're actually gonna dig into uh, tonight's episode discussion. And allow me to do this pretty quickly in the actual tone that they present the episode to us, which is fantastic. Terror at the temple. The Jedi temple is in disarray after a vicious terrorist attack. Anakin Skywalker and Ahsoka Tanu set out to find the truth of who was really behind this horrendous catastrophe. Their investigation led them to discover the true saboteur, Leda Turmond. Now, the Jedi attempt to return the temple to normalcy, but first, Master Yoda must give a eulogy to the fallen Jedi warriors. Since this thing is so complicated and we are kind of getting thrown into the middle of it, maybe we should kind of do a little bit of a backstory, because honestly, the first thing that we see besides the narration is Yoda surrounded by a bunch of Jedi and well-wisher with a bunch of corpses in front of him, and he's just delivering a eulogy at a funeral. And I'm just like, Mike, what the hell did you get us into? He can barely see over the top of the table that all these bodies are laying Yeah, he's below these corpses, yeah. And of course it comes in on this really low angle up up on one where it's like, are we going to see a pitched tent here? (laughs) Like, Because there's just these these sheets draped over the dead bodies. And it comes at this low, like, crotch-level angle and kind of sweeps over to Master Yoda. (laughs) Tony, that's just their lightsabers. They get buried with them. It's totally fine. It's natural. There is a great camera motion there. And and I don't know if you want to start on, like, what happened before, but Ahsoka Tano, the uh, sort of... One of the, the primary characters who doesn't exist in the movies, as far as I know. Yeah, I looked. I, I couldn't find. She, I think, acts as a um, sort of a messenger from, I think, the council to Obi-Wan or Anakin. And, okay. uh, oh, no, no, no. That's actually, I'm sorry. That's from the animated film. So she's not actually in the live action films, as far as I know. But, but in the series, she is Anakin's Padawan. So she figures pretty as a primary character. But she looks over at a another character and says, did you know one of the Jedi? And the, the character says, oh yeah, I knew this one. And then the camera just pans slowly to a body with a sheet covering it as if we all just, oh, cl- clearly that's the dead Jedi that oh, she's that's talking Bob. about. Oh, okay. This just random body with a sheet covering that looks like all of the other bodies with sheets covering it. Right. Except this one's pitching a tent. <laughs> yeah, it was noticeable. <laughs> He was known for his uh, his prowess back in the day. I, I want, he's now departed. Oh no! I want to be very honest. I was a little bit taken aback by how strongly worded and morbid Yoda's speech was. Oh, it gets dark. This is one of those cartoons that falls in this magic space that I don't know what time it aired on the Cartoon Network, but it was probably that like seven to nine space where like yeah, kids could watch it, but it was right. late enough that like. Adults would be watching it, 
And it was so that I adult swim like, lead-in is what it was. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> yeah, it was one of those exactly. things that was sort of written hoping adults would watch it, but was technically a children's cartoon. So they were like, yeah, we're going to just open on a funeral. And he's going to be like, "These all these people died, and we will miss them, but they'll be forever in our hearts. And you're just like, okay, that's all right. Good place to start. Yeah, and he kind of carries over some of that dialogue, too, that you see in the movies. There, you know, I just, again, I just watched the prequels, so there's a couple scenes where Yoda has this dialogue that's sort of like, well, it's actually, I think sometimes Yoda, sometimes Mace Windu, where they're basically like, you have to learn to let go of the things that you're most afraid to let go of. So the Jedi kind of have this sense of the, you know, the corporeal being and, and the, cor- the physical body is only temporary. It's the spirit and whatever else that continues on after that. So they, they don't really seem to have this strong physical attachment necessarily. They have more of a, um, a spiritual context to it. So, well, I imagine I that comes from the fact that they're all looking at the ghosts of their friends at all times. Yeah, like, the hologram ghost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At any time, the ghost of your friend, like you could be taking a dump and your friend would be like, hey, you're just like, come on, right now? Come on, when the fuck time, did you man? become Hayden Christensen? Go away. <laughs> oh, that's, another, that's number two that bothers me from these it's movies. It's the fucking worst. Did you know that when that you die, guy. you go back to how you looked when you were 25? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's how death awesome. works. That's how death works. Oh, man. But My... yeah, so no hologram ghosts in this, in this episode, as far as I know. Just a bunch of you just can't see intent. Yeah, it's true. I don't. I don't have enough midichlorian level mm-hmm. to uh, to see them. But you know what? What you know what you do see, which bothered the hell out of me in this episode. Yeah, is the weird ass fucking shape of uh, of Yoda's head. Okay, um, let's get into I, this animation okay. then, yeah, Tony. Okay. I know you've been waiting. So, so the animation style of this episode is just it, it's it's uh, you know it's an exaggeration. It's like somebody did kind of a kind of a, a street artist rend, you know rendering of of, of of each character. They're just you know, exaggerated, uh, like a caricature. Yes. Thank you. Uh, but like, just like a, um, you know, bigger eyes and, and, uh, tinier neck and, and waistline and just, you know, stretch yeah, a lot out. of exaggerated features. Yeah. yeah. And they do it with Yoda, which <laughs> since, since we have such a, you know, tentative grasp of what Yoda's physiology looks like in general, any, ad- any adaptation, any adjustment to it is just weird looking. Hmm. And so they give him this like, like broader chin and jowl thing that's going on with, with his face that just bothered me. That like he just has this gigantic kind of bulbous head with this tiny little neck, but then the exact same body he has every place else. Yeah, like that much doesn't change for him. He's still this this tiny little guy with a you know a big billowy uh, cloak on the entire time. But just the shape of his head, it, it looked like. Um, Made me think of, of uh, from the Spider-Man movies, the, the Green Goblin uh, like oh, okay. mask see that. That, that, they, that they put on him. Uh, just this, it, it looked like his normal head was underneath this visage that they added on top of him. But yeah. um, that was, no, that, that because, was one because the animation you, style that just bugged the fuck out of me. Because <laughs> to your point with the animation style, like when you see Tarkin... Yeah, you're like holy shit. You are all chin and forehead. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and like a tiny little face in the middle. And somehow, while everybody else is perfectly lit, I mean, Padma, when you see her, she's just she's like perfectly lit in every scene. Yeah, he has bags under his eyes that looks like he's permanently got a light just sitting directly above his forehead, just casting these dark lines underneath his face, so that he just always looks dark and depressed. Same with uh, um, with Palpatine. Yeah, yeah. They do a lot of foreshadowing in this. It's almost yeah. like a they do a lot of shadowing. <laughs> yeah, just, just general shadowing, foreshadowing, apt shadowing. And like, look how shadow. old and like kind of creepy, dark Palpatine looks, even though yeah. he's saying happy birthday to that guy. Wait, wait. 
Uh, no, the only thing that really bothered me was Ahsoka Tano because it, it, they sort of did that stylized thing with everybody, right? Obi Wan Kenobi had this sort of guillotine blade for for a beard, mm. yeah, and it was all very sort of flat and stylized. But the only thing that I, I the whole time I watched it, I had trouble figuring out whether Ahsoka Tano was wearing a hat or whether that was part of her body. Right. Because the sort of I still tentacles they give her, they give a really hard brow line to, as if it's a hat she's wearing yeah. on top yeah. of her head. But then when she gets that uh, that little cloak that she wears, and it, it like, just puts it on over it, and has the two little ear-type uh, uh, protrusions at the top stick through the cloak. Uh, and yeah, there are I mean, other there are other species in the Star Wars universe too that look like her. They look yeah. like they have the the flesh that kind of flows up and and back into these weird kind of like fleshy horn things. So I still have no idea. And Dave, like we we see the we her. see those characters in the prequels as right. well. It's it's where they make their first appearance. Um, I was under the impression that those are horns yeah. and actually attached to their body. Right. Well, and you see those characters actually in this episode in the background of the funeral. There's an older one. And like you said, his, his forehead just flows into these two sort of drooping. Okay. I always saw them as tentacles because they seem kind of floppy. They don't seem rigid. Yeah. But, but hers have this line as if she were wearing some sort of hood or helmet that, you know, was over her forehead, but they don't flow naturally back towards Well, and then they, but, take, they take the, uh, the beads that are they're attached to the back of it. They, they rip them from her. That's her Jedi beads. Yeah, that's, like, that's, the, they're, that's somehow incorporated into that, either as just a lace that's thrown over the top. I don't know. But, it's, uh, it's interesting, though, to say the least. It was definitely a little jarring for me the first time that I saw it, and it, not necessarily for this episode, but when I saw you know concept art or I saw uh, Tartakovsky's version versus yeah. this, it's, it's a little jarring. It looks almost like kind of a somewhat crude sculpture approximation of each mm-hmm. of these characters. So it takes a little getting used to but once they get into the narrative and you hear the voices yeah. that really helps go a long way well and, and they do they do some of the foreshadowing and stuff with with uh, anakin and those too i mean right. his, his brow uh looks like the thing um like <laughs> marvel the thing you know just the, the those really blocky yeah. brow lines and they do a lot with that as far as kind of showing his emotions like mike was saying um you know just make letting him emote with that but he always looks pissed and it's just it's it's a you know he's got resting bitch face in yeah. a terrible terrible way. You know um, who has a better one though? It's actually uh, Admiral Tarkin. I think yeah. he probably has one of the RBF. Yeah, one of the best because this guy just looks pissed off all the time, and it I fits really well with this character too. Just because it's just it'll never look happen. So so, so out of place. It's like happen. Shrek's trying to smile. <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't want to see that though, because then bad things are about to happen if you see oh, yeah. if you see that guy smile. When he smiles like. Someone in your family just died. Yeah, <laughs> at his hands. So I want to say for uh, for Ahsoka, she is a Torgruta. Yeah, is her like is her species, Tortuga? and they they do have head tails, and so okay. that that's what that is. It's a head so we're calling. Hold on, we're calling that a head tail. It's called a head tail. I hate George Lucas sometimes. Okay. Yeah. No, they're they're you know what Tony was talking about with like the the very familiar wipes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I gotta say I landed on the other side of that. Oh, really? A okay. Point in this episode where Tarkin grabs her chin, exactly like he grabs Princess Leia's chin. Yeah. And you're like, oh, really? You had to be like, we know, we know this happens later. We know what's gonna happen. And you're just like, come on, guys. Can you? You got more than one move. You got one move, and it's just. But this is the this is the movie. reveal of of Grand Moff Tarkin's chin fetish. So I mean, that's <laughs> that's a thing. Well, let me. Let Put me, that in your l- books. May I indulge you for a moment? For these things that we have for Tarkin, 
he he sets this up where he says uh, he alludes to the fact that they are trying to remove Jedi from all military matters. Right. He talks. Uh, we have the uh, we have the line where he says that Jedi are peacekeepers, and uh, he also says that uh, Senator Palpatine rarely do- does he do anything without a strategy. Exactly. And and also in this moment. We have Anakin saying the line, revenge is not the way of the Jedi. There are four major lines, and this is at about 10 lines of dialogue, and four of them are nods to what is about to happen canonically. And so you sit there listening to it like, I, I don't know, it, because it was the first episode that I've really watched of this, and because I think I'm also jonesing for some Star Wars now, this right. was a nice little kind of tip of the cap in my direction. So I, I got pumped about it. Yeah, exactly. I was just tapping, tapping my arm, tapping the took just my tapping. belt off, just tied it around my arm. And <laughs> was just like, I can't wait to mainline this star Wars. Well, and this is a great, in star Wars. this is a great episode because it, it sets into, you know, I, I think originally season six wasn't actually aired and it was only added to Netflix. Correct. I, yeah. You can, yeah. You're me wrong, but I remember reading that like they just season six never happened. And then they just right. put it on Netflix later because they had the episodes ready to go. Hmm. So what we're seeing is, Episode two has happened. Clearly, Ahsoka Tano is not in episode three. So she's got to go somewhere. Right. She's been in this whole series. And so she's got to leave somehow. And so we're now sort of, they're wrapping like this, the series up and going, okay, we're about to get to episode three. And so, yeah, and we actually see where that. that, yeah, we see the, the genesis of that, you know, change in her character, that development in her character in this very episode. So it's really cool if you know kind of the broader story and, how she got to where she is and where she goes on from here. Um, but it's also cool just within the episode itself. I have to say as a quick aside, um, kudos to Matt Lanter, who's the voice of Anakin Skywalker in this show, because you, you know, a thousand times the range of Hayden Christensen Jesus. from those fucking movies, man. I watched him deliver four different lines like, this is the happiest I've ever been. I am outraged. I am ecstatic. Thank you so much. <laughs> All with the exact same delivery, like zero range. He's a he's a piece of wood. I can't <laughs> I can't watch those movies. Yeah, yeah Hayden yeah. Christensen. Yeah, Matt Lanner is great. Uh, Matt Lanner within the show. He he to me he brings across the Anakin from the movies, but he actually adds some you know dynamic delivery to his uh, to his lines. Now, I mean, there's a lot that kind of there's a lot that you do see that same kind of like reserved side of Anakin that's in here. Um, but he definitely does heads above Hayden Christensen. That's just my two cents. Also a kudos to Dee Bradley Baker for oh, being always, yeah. three quarters of the characters in the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And having entire <laughs> scenes where he just talks to himself six different times. Right. Oh, that guy's yeah. amazing, though. Every he, single he do, clone who ever said a line in the entire series, that guy. That's all him. If you, if you ever watch, I think it's um, I Know That Voice. It's a, it's a voice actor documentary yeah. called I Know That Voice. He has this moment where they're just interviewing him on camera and they just ask him how he makes like you know, character voices or creature voices. And he just grabs like random stuff that's on his desk and just starts making these weird like space pig squealing noises by just like manipulating his face and just grabbing like a fishbowl and breathing into it. And it's just, yeah. it's one of the most bizarre things you'll ever see, but that guy can do pretty much anything. So we can enjoy him in this, in this series here. So yeah. So, so back to the plot real quick. The reason that we brought up Tarkin was that we learn, as Sean kind of briefly mentioned, there is a tension between the military side of things and then the Jedi Council. Shocker. So there's kind of this, this, yeah, shocker. What a bit of foreshadowing there. So 
Uh, the conflict in this particular episode has to deal with the terrorist that is currently being held prisoner um, called Letta. And I believe Mike mentioned her in the uh, episode synopsis. So um, Letta is being held prisoner. At some point in this episode, the prisoner actually asks Asaka to come and talk to her. And that is kind of where we get into this whole, this inciting incident that leads Asaka to kind of go on the run. So, uh, Mike, you kind of want to walk us through what exactly happens when Asaka and Leta meet up, which I think is for the first time. Is that correct? I don't think they knew each other before that. Uh, I, they don't know each other. She's, Leta is just a random person. Um, okay. There's an, like you said, there's an explosion. It kills some Jedi. So clearly the Jedi are interested in what happened. Um, and they find out, I think in the episode previously that Leta basically like injected her husband, I think with explosive nanobot and he walked, he went to work and then they blew up and that's what right. caused the explosion, which is mm-hmm. pretty cold. Yeah. But so they find out it's her, she gets thrown in jail and she says, I'll only talk if I can talk to commander Ahsoka Tano. Awesome. Cause she's like 14. That's yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so Ahsoka goes into the detention cell, which looks exactly like every detention cell ever looked like in Star Wars. And before she does, she has to pass through the security gate where they make her leave her uh, comm link and her lightsabers. Now that is lightsabers with an S at the end. She, she has uh, dual wielding lightsabers. So she does actually have two. Uh, yeah, and so she goes in there alone and she's talking to Leda and Leda's like, hey, I need your protection. I know what happened, but I, you have to promise to keep me safe because they're going to try to kill me. And Ahsoka, of course, this gives her the like, well, who's going to kill you? You're in a detention center. Nobody yeah. can get here. And then all of a sudden, Leta starts getting the um, force choke action. Yeah, the her. old force choke. And of course, Ahsoka throws her hands up, goes, what's going on? Oh my gosh, I don't know. Everyone looks at it on the monitor. Looks like she's force choking Leta. So Leta's Yeah, dead. because there's nobody else there. Who else could it possibly yeah, be? Yeah, she's yeah. in a detention cell. There's nobody there. She's got her hands up. Leta's force choking and dying. Clearly, she did it. The evidence is there. So uh, they pick her up and say... You clearly, you know, we understand why you killed her. She just yeah. blew up a whole bunch of your friends, but yeah. still, that's illegal. You're going to jail. I love that that clone guard was basically. He walked in. He's like, "Well, I don't blame you, but we still got to take you in." Like, I love yeah, how, yeah. how chill he was about. It. He's like, "I just watched you murder somebody in cold blood, but well, I get if it." If you Come watch on over the here. show and you see how indiscriminately clones are literally thrown right. in the trash can, right? Like, if they don't pass school, if they like, if they grow up and don't pass school in the trash can. Ugh. They're not even led to, they don't even get to clean the floors. Like, they're just dumb. They're like, we'll start over next week. So, like, yeah, he's like, I get it. I've watched 20 I've been there. of my friends die. Like, yeah, I exactly. Would kill those people. Yeah. No, so that's, that's kind of how this whole thing gets set up. And this is within maybe the first, like, five, six minutes because the bulk of this episode really revolves around what happens to Ahsoka next. So she's, she's in jail. She kind of goes willingly. She doesn't fight her way out or anything. She, you know, she's going to let justice kind of prevail and work through the system. But you really start to get the hint as a viewer that she's being set up, especially when Tarkin comes to pay her a visit. Now you've got the Admiral coming to pay a Jedi, you know, a visit in prison. And this is when he does that weird like chin grab thing and basically blames her for for the murder. And you learn then soon that he's basically uh, given orders to the guards not to let anybody else in. Now this was one of the, the best scenes, I think, for Anakin in this episode. So either Sean or Tony, if you... If you had any thoughts on kind of Anakin's moment here, what you thought was going to happen. Well, first I want to say that my my Tarkin fanfic that I've been writing is all sexy chin grabs. Oh, nice. It's nonstop him 
just grabbing chins and planting chin. kisses. <laughs> Dem chins. Dem and chins. <laughs> That's, I don't know if you want to go with that one. That yeah, I do. I do. Okay. So I'm pretty excited about it. All right. <laughs> Good. <laughs> if you're looking for um, any gifts for your friends for the holidays, uh, Sean's Admiral Tarkin fanfic just send me will a be on chin. your shelves soon. Dem chin. <laughs> Dem chin. Dem chin. Dem uh, no, uh, th- it was it was uh, it was an interesting scene because because you know so much about where these characters eventually end up, uh, you know, in the storyline. You see, really, uh, Anakin push to his extremes as far as pushing, like somebody basically telling him, "No, you can't do that." Right. And of course, it's you know three clones who he could just murder with you know the the wink of an eye yeah just a it's thought not, yeah it, it's not nothing nothing that, that he really needs to to fuss with other than you know it seems like he is held to this kind of higher esteem and this higher uh purpose of, of kind of holding together the republic and and abiding by these laws even though he's right. like well this is pretty much bullshit but you know and you you see this little glint in his eye like oh he's about to go off and just like level these three yeah, and, he gets like a like a tremor in his hand. He like clenches his hand, and I think that was still his human hand at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And so, but then, then you know, he just he kind of grits his teeth and turns around and walks away. And I and it was one of those moments where I was like, ah. You kind of wanted him to just decimate. Oh yeah, the room. I did. I yeah. was I was waiting for those guards to just like burst into like like blood shrapnel just. Pfft. Just completely yeah. just <laughs> I enjoyed that, like, you know, he's like, let me in. And they're like, no. He's like, let me in. And they're like, no. And then the guard behind the glass, yeah. like, sort of nods to the guys on the door. And they take a step toward him with their little yeah. laser spears. Yeah. And I'm a whole time through my head, I'm going, like, it's not going to matter. <laughs> like, no. if I were those guards, I would have been like, you got it. And just walked out the door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all yours, dude. He's your problem now, Ted. He says, yeah. let me in again. I'm going to die before I can blink. So I'm just going to go that way. Walk out the door, thermodetonator, yeah. just throw it back <laughs> in. Yeah. But they step Peace. up as if, like, he's just some schlub that they're going to be like, you know, I'm going to zap you until you die. Well, but it goes fuck to your you, point, though. You, I mean, you're cool. Fuck you. I'm out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. But Mike, it goes to your point that like these clones, they just follow orders, and you know, yeah. you know, the fact that when we eventually get to Order sixty six, the fact that they don't really turn that down and say like, no, this isn't right. I mean, a lot of this is just hardwired into their their programming. That's just how they are. They are told to follow orders, and they don't really question a lot of it. You do see a lot of the personality kind of come up in this series, though. Yeah, yeah I say I would dispute that a little bit just because. Sure. There are other things where there is some individuality and some questioning of, you know, yeah, we're clones, but why can't we not be soldiers? I don't like right. shooting people. Can I not right. shoot people? Um, so that's yeah. why all the stormtroopers miss in the movies, because they don't actually want to be hitting people. <laughs> they're all that... secretly yeah. pacifists. Yeah, they're all secretly like hippies. I don't really want to be here if I just pretend to march and if you took shoot off, at people. If you took off those, those stormtrooper helmets, they're filled with flowers. Oh, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> I picture the inside of their helmets are just all like decorated with like little decals and Lisa Frank stickers. Oh, guys, Frank. guys, set your set your blasters to hug. Oh. <laughs> I want to get to the stun part because oh, yes. that's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so, so which which part did you want to get to? Because basically well, so, from from this point on, it's just like a long running chase scene, which has mm-hmm. great nods to some of the you know some of the best chase movies uh, yeah. in in kind of Hollywood history. Which we're talking but it's about. It's also this like part. comedy of errors errors for her. Yeah. Right. So yeah. like, well, it's a, she's it's a in setup. jail. Yeah. And and all of a sudden this, she's like, man, you know, 
Also, she keeps calling him master, and it's just weird. Like, I don't, it's I better than really it's better than Sky Guy, but dude, it's better than Sky Guy. I could guy not take guy? that in the early episodes. Wait, what is, where is Sky Guy? What in the early episodes she used to call him Sky Guy, and it used to drive me crazy. I couldn't Shut watch up. it after a while. But when she says like coming master, I just like I I envision her in the next scene just like with a ball gag. I just like it's oh. really weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, 50 so shades my, of well, my Sky Guy yeah. fanfic that I'm writing is all about ball gags. John's just taking down notes this entire so, time, uh, by the way. S- scribbling on my arm. <laughs> Further out of the episode, Ahsoka Tano With finds herself in jail. With a knife. <laughs> uh, so that's where we are, ladies and gentlemen. She finds herself yeah. in jail, and she's right. like, man, jail sucks. And then she notices right. there's a key card on the ground in front of the jail cell, and she's like, How awesome, convenient. Master. And she immediately, yeah. She's, so she immediately, Jedi, lifts the thing and opens the door. And then she walks out into the main hallway where she's being kept at the detention center. And everyone's had their ass kicked. Yeah, and at this point, you don't know, like, all the guards are laying on the ground. Like, are they unconscious? Are they dead? It does escalate. So well, at she this thinks point, that they're just Skywalker's kind of Skywalker's let her out, right? She thinks, like, yeah. okay, Anakin's, like, doing me a solid. Let so he me just out. choked him out. and Yeah, exactly. And you see them kind of coming, coming back into consciousness, too. So you're like, okay, they're not dead, so maybe things are fine but she does react because she steps into this room and she's now standing in the middle of three or four yeah unconscious possibly dead uh clones yeah and she's like oh man if anybody walks in this is gonna look really bad and of exactly. course Somebody dude walks, walks right in. in from lunch and he's like what what and she goes oh shit and she just picks her, her lightsabers up yeah and her comm link which is buzzing and then she says hello and no one talked to her and she starts running away and then, you know, she, she's running, people are chasing her, and she turns a corner, and of course, the only time she stops is to look at these three dead bodies. Right. That are and in now they are hallway. actually dead. Super yeah, dead. now they're three dead bodies in a hallway, and she looks again and goes, oh, shit, this looks bad for me. And of course, someone comes around the corner and is like, she killed those guys. Yeah. She's like, I really didn't. And they start shooting at her, so she runs away again. Yeah, and this is pretty much like, this is kind of the beginning of just the rest of the episode is a chase scene. So eventually, Anakin kind of, he comes back in with, do you know who Rex is, Mike? Yes. So the clones, this is one of my favorite parts about the clones. The clones have numbers, right? They're, they're effectively human robots in the sense that like the guy, the people that make them could, could give two shits who they are. So you're like, you're one, three, five, seven, you're one, three, five, eight, go have fun. But they give themselves names. And so Rex is a commander who has sort of made a reputation for himself. You can see from his, his armor, he's got a bunch of hash marks on it from all the droids. He's knocked out. His armor's kind of beat up. Right. This guy's seeing some shit, and he's he's Rex. He calls himself Rex. Yeah, uh, but and he's, he's right well there known, with Anakin. Yeah, he's well known amongst the Jedi. He's worked with them a lot, and so he's sort of a well known character. Even though to look at, he's exactly the same as the rest of the clones. He's distinguished himself, uh, and he's been given sort of a, a specific name to identify him. But yeah. he's worked with them in the past, which is why he kind of vouches for. Her yeah, when, which was great because Anakin kind of comes in as one of the other guards is is giving a shoot to kill order he's basically you know he's he's set off the alert the whole base is now alarmed to ahsoka's escape and he's set off the shoot to kill order so anakin comes in he's like belay that we need to just get her back here stun her at most and then we just need to talk to her but please don't kill her so the the rest of this episode is is ahsoka running around and doing a really good job at escaping pretty much the entire base full of people and her master as well i mean she finds ways out of these situations that are like you keep watching, and you're like, oh, they got her. Nope, she's gone. Oh, they got her now. Nope, she's gone. And it's, it's great. It, it was a really fun way to just kind of watch how one really powerful Jedi can just kind of evade this almost entire like battalion and her own master. Now, 
at the same time they weren't exactly trying to kill her so oh the thing that made me so so they you know anakin yells you know set your your weapons to stun yeah um he also at some point is yelling into his comm as he's running do not shoot to kill oh that drove me crazy and then he waits for like three seconds. Shoot to kill. And I'm if waiting for that guy dude, in the helicopter to be like, wait, did you say shoot to kill? I heard shoot to kill. Shoot yeah, to kill. I heard yeah, shoot it's to like, kill. It's like, why hilarious. would you say that? You never say it in like the, the, the positive, like, I don't know what you would say, but that was driving me crazy. But like if there's any static the... on the line, then she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> she's running away from the stun blast, which are little rings. Yeah, and that and was I fun. had this just vision in my head of Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, she's running, <laughs> and she's kind of doing flips. She's sort of yeah. flipping, and all these rings are around her. And I was like, "There's gonna be one she just dives up. through and completely she is clears." Cleaning up in this video game, gotta go fast. And then she hit those spikes and lost them all. That was the worst part. <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone notice the memorial in the background? This is a weird side note. When she first oh, no, comes outside, and she's hiding by the statue, and the like yeah. dog thing tries to sniff her out. Right. Yeah. The background is this big golden monolith that has a bunch of writing on it. And it really reminded me of like the Vietnam Memorial. And I was like, oh man, is that like a cool, like here are fallen heroes kind of memorial thing. It was just an interesting, interesting. like there would be no reason for it other than somebody was like, hey. Well, I want to ask then, Mike, if if it's to honor the fallen. Jedi. Oh, Jedi. Okay. I was going to say, if it's to fallen, honored, like honor clones that have fallen is it just numbers because that almost seems more disrespectful it's in some sort of script it's in that like that star wars script where they look at it and you're like that's clearly not words but they can read it yeah in actuality it's not numbers they just they just add another tally mark i have it's just a bunch of hash marks i have no actual idea what it is but it looks like it's probably jedi just notches on a bedpost (laughs) oh that's what that was somebody's bedpost okay no, it's, I don't know. I, I thought it was kind of cool. It's just this big golden monument that really, like, you, yeah. could, you could perceive them making this, the, the, the show and going, like, why are you putting that in there? Like, well, they'd have that. Like, that, that took some thought. Yeah. Yeah, like, who knows? Maybe that's where they laid the other Jedi to rest, and that's, you know, that's how far away they are from that, you know, resting place. Uh, who knows? Uh, I'm but, sure somebody out there knows who's listening, so please let us know. But now I think we need to get into probably my favorite kind of reference in this particular episode. And of course, I'm talking about this this chase, this foot race through. It's not exactly a sewer system. It, it looks kind of like a ventilation tube, some sort of vented maze that of just tunnels. Just happens to be filled well, with oh, dirty water. Yeah, dirty water, water but with yeah. also hey, fans for some hey, reason. Hey, Dave, real quick. Yeah. Before there is there is a moment where she, uh, where uh, Ahsoka uh, she jumps off of the top of where she had been perched and hiding on top of right. a statue, and she jumps. It looks like twenty feet down mm-hmm. and and just kind of tumbles oh yeah and that's the point where the where the main like blaster cannon starts shooting at her that she's out running i just i want to <laughs> note that she jumped down like 20 25 feet into like a roll bounced up stuck the landing still running uh, that's important dude, because that, later yeah. on we got some yeah. more acrobatics however for the first time in all of television cartoon video game Etc. History. Ooh, this is an exclusive. Someone Listen looked up. up. That's true. Because she hides by <laughs> jumping yeah. on top of that statue. Yeah, they shine like, like a light oh, up. There's yeah. nobody here. Yeah. And then the next guy out the door is like, <laughs> he looks up and goes, "She's on top of the statue." She's fucking. She's in plain For the first sight. First time just ever look in up. history, somebody looked up. That guy gets <laughs> a medal. Yeah. This is true because I I've, because, I've been playing yeah. a lot of Assassin's Creed lately. This and what I was gonna you say. get you get like five feet in the air and you can walk past fucking anybody. Just nobody ever goes heads slightly above their eye line. And you're walking past him, dropping like flakes of paint and everything on their face and they're just like mm, that's just rain <laughs> like, 
Well, and all, all this the soldiers is a, this is a shitty house. Bars, I was honestly stunned because I was like, oh, she's on top of the statue. She's like free and clear. Yeah, she's good. And a second later, someone saw her and I was like, wait, who saw her? He wasn't well, even in a plane like on level with her. He was down on the ground. So but I was, we know, I was they, honestly stunned when I saw that because I was, well, they had I was the, impressed. They had the dogs with them too. And as we all know, dogs can't look up. So no. she was safe from them as well. Dogs are also idiots. So when they smell things, which is their only job, yeah. the handler's like, you're an idiot. Come here. Let's go the other way. No, you're fine. Everything's fine yeah, here. There's the nothing handlers are always idiots. Let's go the other dogs way. are the best. The handlers I, I, I want to say, in the defense of dogs, that was not the dog's fault. No, no, no. The no, dog the did handler. his job. That's, that's what I mean. Dogs yeah. are wonderful creatures. The dog, the dog did his job, and the handler, whose job it is, is to like let the dog lead him. Is like, you're, you're stupid. Let's go the other way. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's get to the fugitive uh, reference here now. So they're yes, running through these Yes, thank you. I'm not tunnels. the only one who thought this. Yeah, right? No, it was 100% <laughs> yeah, This is great. It was 100% fugitive. So basically, in this point, Ahsoka is, is Harrison Ford, and Anakin is uh, Tommy Lee Jones at this point, because mm-hmm. the rest of the, the guards and soldiers are, are chasing after her, but she kind of loses them in this maze of tunnels. Anakin's running along, and then he kind of gets like a sense uh, to go in the direction that she ran to. And it, you get this final kind of confrontation with, Ahsoka at the edge of one of these tunnels that kind of opens up and looks down to just this giant pit. Now it's not into like a waterfall or anything like that. It's just, I don't know, it looks almost like a transportation column or something that's just built into the city, into this tower. But basically Anakin confronts her there. And this is, this is kind of like the pivotal scene between the two of them that sets up Ahsoka's character development for the rest of, probably for the rest of this series. This did not end the way that I thought it was going to end. So, Tony, what was your reaction to this scene? Other than including the fugitive reference so i this was another scene where i in my own head i had mapped out what was going to happen and i kept waiting for for her to just turn back to anakin and go i didn't do it and anakin go i don't care (laughs) that would have been great i I don't care i was so so waiting for that to happen too far off though no they're not and and the dialogue kind of dances around the you know but and he's he's basically saying you know turn yourself in it's the only way that that you can that, that you can clear your name. Right. And she's going, you know that's not true. And he goes, you have to trust me. She goes, I do trust you, but you know that this is impossible. You're, you know, I trust you, but you're lying to me is basically what she's saying. Well, like, basically, it's like, I, I know that you believe me, but I also know that no one else will. And right. therefore, turning myself in is the worst thing I could do. And she's, and, you know, to her, to her uh, defense on that, she's now seen multiple instances of, the perfectly terrible thing has happened. You know, she comes out and there's a bunch of dead bodies and there's right. her two lightsabers and her comlink laying in the middle of the floor where the, whereas they've been locked up in a locker before that. Picks them up and runs, goes and sees another set of dead bodies, goes and, and gets outside and she's got And this is all on security out. footage too. Yeah, yeah, they've got these like security oh, cams even, all over the place. Even the yeah. murder, they have the security footage, but conveniently the audio wasn't working in the You know, all just all these little things that are just perfectly the worst thing that could that could happen for her um and not everybody else has seen it from this perspective they just you know anakin just trusts her inherently but i could see easily how the jedi council for instance would would look at this and go yeah she's you know this looks like like a murder but uh but at any rate um no, and so so they get to the to the edge and you know just like in in fugitive there's that turn and jump moment yep and Despite the fact that Anakin could easily just jump out there and follow her, he just kind of lets her go. 
So. It would have been great if she jumped and he just like force held her in the air and just yeah. pulled her back into the tunnel. <laughs> like, Whoa, just like, uh, come nope. back here. Get your <laughs> ass back here. That is one of my favorite things about Star Wars in general mm-hmm. is like they have these just incredible powers. Oh, yeah. And yet... They're very selective about they, what they yeah, use. They're yes. like, there's this time where yes. like Darth Vader will just beat you to death with stuff he's picking out of the air. Right. And then you never, ever see him use it ever again. He's like, man... I really want that sandwich, and he walks over and gets it. Yeah, <laughs> or like like Yoda, like, Yoda can hold he, up like he can move a car. Yeah, <laughs> or like Yoda. I was watching an earlier episode where Yoda is literally holding like half of the mountaintop in the air above yeah. him and a bunch of uh, clone troopers, and he just kind of moves it to the side. And then you watch the ne- the very next movie, and he's kind of struggling to lift like one of those chairs in the Senate, and he's just like, he's walking with, with a cane, cane. yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's very selective. It depends on how much budget they have left, I guess, uh, to see what they want to do. But so yeah, I want to ask, I want to ask the question. So Ahsoka, she jumps, she does. Speaking of twenty foot fall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So again, that's her force jump. This is not a twenty foot fall. It is a force jump. I, I mean, she it had has to this ability. Been. She's super acrobatic, but she can do this thing called a force jump, where I guess she can either jump extremely high using the force as an assist, or she can kind of like dampen her fall. Okay. Uh, I think that's just a way, you know, that's force a MacGuffin kind of like right in. Yeah. Because it looked like a force free fall. And then okay. at the end, she does a, she does a forward somersault flip and lands perfectly. Now, I, it's been a long time since I've, I've taken a physics class, but if you're in free fall and then you do that action, I believe you build more momentum. She's saying she would have broken the ship in half. She she she, she should have <laughs> technically gone right through. She should have just shot so, like a bullet right through the. Right. Ship. Yeah. I have I have knowledge of of exactly this. Good. I, okay. <laughs> Glad so, I brought this up. We're uh, you're, you're going to learn corner. something about me. I went to space camp when I was a kid. How about that? <laughs> yes. And while I was at space camp, my favorite activity that we did there was uh, there was a a uh, I think they called it uh, like a space station builder. Um, but what it basically was was this harness that you that you like jumped on like you're riding a horse, mm-hmm. and there's two uh, pulley lines that are attached to that that go up over your shoulders, and then they go up you know 30 feet in the air up to this uh, up to this crane arm. Crane arm is connected on the backside, comes down to a set of weights. They put the equivalent of like five sixths of your weight. They weigh in before you get on this. They put five sixths of your weight on the opposite side. Okay. You weigh one sixth of your actual weight, which is roughly I think it, I think it was what it was. It was uh, but that's about what you would weigh on the moon compared. Okay. So you're able to sit in this thing and jump like 35 feet straight in the air as like cool. a sixth grader, you know? And, and it was, and wow. so the, the goal was that we got the pieces down on the ground and we had to jump up and assemble them up in the air. And so you could jump up and with, you know, with your pinky finger, you could hold yourself up there while you assemble the piece and then let go and drop back down. More importantly, so, when you come down, you don't break your legs. Right, because, because it, it's, it's it, you know... This is the worst space camp ever. It's only, it's only 30 pounds coming down, which, right. which your legs can, can easily absorb. So, the fact that we're in space, there is no completed uh, statement as far as what the gravity is on, on, this, uh, on this planet. So it, it could be possible that, that, uh, that it could just be extremely lightweight, possibly that they have on the space where people normally walk, gravity a la star trek um you know so i'm i like it tony i like it tony i like where your head's at i'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt on this one you're overthinking this it's star wars move on like that's i feel like uh, no that's that's guys it's just i'm gonna go if you're wearing a wookie costume back the fuck (laughs) off (laughs) (laughs) no 
love about Star Wars. It's unapologetic. Who yeah. said we can't? Go ahead and yeah. stop us. Yeah. That's Star Wars. Like, yeah, yeah. she fell 100 feet, flipped, and landed. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Sure. Ship's fine. And it's, it's also dead. cartoon. It's also cartoon Star Wars. So we've got so, cartoon logic and Star Wars logic I really Wars just wanted to brag that I went to space camp when I was a kid. No, I actually had a, great a different story. impression of that scene. That scene reminded me more of The Fifth Element. Okay, fair. Uh, at the very beginning where she busts yeah. out of jail only yep. because there are spaceships floating around and she does that big free fall. Like, yeah. In The Fugitive, he sort of does like the Michael Jordan jump and like he's kind of, he doesn't like free Just fall, slams. you know, face first, but like yeah. stomach first. And she like, she does what Lilu, Dallas, not really Dallas, Lilu does. Dives out, you know, head first, goes straight down and lands into, in his taxi cab. See, except she, she busted through the roof of a taxi cab. Whereas Ahsoka just kind of like, well, I'm not getting into this because I think it's totally <laughs> fine. Well, yeah, to be fair. But at least in Fifth Element, she did, you know, kind of obey physics somewhat by busting through the metal and insulation I'm, of the taxi cab. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give all of these laws of physics a multi-pass. Yes. They don't have to. Yes. Yeah, she knows it's a multi-pass. <laughs> yeah, we know it's a multi-pass. <laughs> we know it's a multi-pass, Sean. Yeah, we know it's a multi-pass. So I want to give you guys a chance now. This is pretty much the end of this episode, at which point I just wrote the end with a shitload of question marks. I didn't realize it was a four-part story. Oh, arc, but I want to give you guys a couple seconds to kind of... Mark. What's that? That's the point. The end question mark. Yeah, and it makes you click over to the very next episode streaming on Netflix. So I want to give you guys uh, a chance to kind of briefly go through maybe what happens in the next episode or how this arc kind of wraps up and where that leaves Ahsoka and kind of where she's headed. So I think if we're, if we're going to go for this, we have to go uh, a la the announcer and go... Spoiler alert! Yeah, you're worry. about to hear what happens through the last few episodes. I'm gonna leave you don't the room, want to hear so this. Back in a second. Fast forward at least a few minutes in this podcast, or move on to the next episode. Mike, take it away. Thanks, announcer. <laughs> can I can I give you what my my idea is? Oh, I want to hear your guess, and I want to see her. Yeah, out. is it? It's Barris, right? Who is Barris? Is sort of the the um the woman that we see at the very beginning. Yeah. At yes. the episode, it's Barris. Which, which, which we'll, knew we'll, it. we'll say we'll say we you know, we we've done that because we didn't mention her in this in this episode yet. But that's is okay. that the is that the girl? Down. Was that Ahsoka's the friend? That, the yeah, it's Ahsoka's knows, friend. Yeah, the girl okay. that knows the dead Jedi. Yeah, yeah. So um, and so she's very distraught in the beginning, and yeah, it, it winds up it winds up being her. Yeah. So I, you know, the next episode picks up where this one left off. She's now a fugitive. Right. <clears throat> she actually gets um. I believe she gets arrested again. It's, it's been, I know how the whole thing ends, but basically she ends up working with Asajj Ventress, who is Count Dooku's old apprentice. Mm-hmm. Dooku sent on a suicide mission, but she didn't die, and she's like, oh, fuck that guy. I'm not your <laughs> apprentice anymore, and I'm going to come back and try and kill you. So she's sort of freelance. She finds out there's, an, a, there's a bounty on Ahsoka Tano's head. She wants right. to collect the bounty. And um, a little revenge on the way. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Ahsoka Tano's like, hey... Don't collect the bounty. I'll put in a good word for you because I know you're not working for Dooku anymore. And then maybe they'll just leave you alone and you won't be a fugitive anymore. To which Ventress is like, cool, let's do it. It, se- it seemed like it happened a little too quick. There's a lot of stuff in the, in, the sh- in the show. And this is what the show does really well where you sort of blur the lines of like, maybe she was, maybe she was like coerced into being his apprentice. Maybe she didn't mm. really know the whole story. Right. Like, I think there's there's, there's a little bit of they work together grudgingly. There's a little uh, bit of a balance too, where where it's like Ahsoka is completely outmatched. Like the is is the is the kind of overtones of this is that 
which as as they are both apprentices uh what's the other one's name ventress ventress yeah. is is she's like an elite assassin I yeah mean, like she's that's how everyone knows farther her. along and, and they, they both are dual lightsaber uh uh fighting methods and you know so they, they, there's a lot of parallels but at the end of the day it's like a 14 year old taking on like a 22 year old but and, they are they are well known to each other and ventress is well known within the yeah. series so it's not weird that she says okay cool uh, they end up going to a warehouse where there's a bunch of nanobots. Let me let me let me point this out. They mentioned that the the level that they need to go to is thirteen fifteen. Mm-hmm. Now there was a Star Wars game that was canceled a couple years ago that was called Star oh, yeah. Wars thirteen thirteen, hmm. which was supposed to take place. I believe it's the same planet. Coruscant, yeah, yeah, yeah. Coruscant, and it, it's the the seedy underbelly of Coruscant. Right. Hmm. Which is where that giant hole goes to, basically. Coruscant, right. My understanding of Coruscant is it's just one giant city. Yeah, it's I mean, like a city planet. They just kind of bored through yeah. the middle of it, and like they've just, it's yeah, they've the just, whole the whole like basically it's like the drainage ditch that goes down into the the actual. It makes me think of, of Futurama with New New York. And okay. old, old New York is just <laughs> is just you can just climb down through the bottom of New New York, and you're on Old New York. Right. Um, it, it's that kind of feel that it's this dark space that's only lit by the by the the, the you know the uh, um, man-made like the lights above yeah artificial yeah and yeah the, and of course they have i laugh my ass off because the, the first time they get down into the space there's this this police car that floats down and it's painted in black and white and it's got red and blue flashing lights and i'm like oh that's so they don't have to explain that these are police to, yeah. to little kids they'll go oh those are police yeah <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so the, and then they they move on through and come to find out that um, that they they wind up getting separated uh, and it looks to Ahsoka like um, Ventress set a, set her up and okay. put her in the space. But you know, it all traces back to all the information that they've been getting is coming from um, it's coming Ferris. from Ferris. Ferris. Yeah. So I think my favorite part of this I'm is I'm terrible like, with names, so I'm just pointing to everybody else. So I forget <laughs> name. Good. Just so the audience at home knows this, I'm terrible about this. So I'm just pointing to Mike or pointing to Sean whenever I need a name filled in. What I love is they get separated. Uh, Soka gets attacked by what she thinks is Ventress, but Ventress, uh, uh, Ferris has attacked Ventress and stolen her mask. Right. Yeah. And so she then goes and so- attacks Soka. Soka gets arrested, and they're like, oh, how convenient that we arrested you in a big factory full of explosive nanobots. Right. Uh, and subsequently she's part of the jedi council she's a jedi which just sort of operates kind of outside the sphere of influence of the republic and sort of internal jedi matters or internal jedi matters and the big deal is they strip her of her jedi status they take the braid away and they're like no now you can be tried by the senate and she's like wait what yeah like i'm one of you guys i told you i'm innocent and you need to back me up on this and they're like it's politically kind of squishy for us so we're gonna move it so, of course, she gets proven innocent. Eventually, they find out it's Barris, And there's this fantastic scene at the end of the, like, the last episode of the arc where the Jedi Councils, they're all sort of looking at their shoes, kind of like, you know, uh-huh. uh, yeah, so we're really sorry that we, like, excommunicated <laughs> you and stuff. You want to come back? And she just, like, she's just, no. That was shitty. I'm leaving. I like it. And my Good. mind exploded. I was like, are you kidding me? She just said no to the Jedi? Because she's still a Jedi, right? She's still Jedi stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now she's awesome, kind of like though. this, just, just kind of like a renegade, just kind of out on the lamb kind of thing. And I don't want to give away too much because we are going to be talking Star Wars Rebels uh, I was gonna in, say, in an upcoming episode. Dave, it's almost like she's a rebel, but you beat me to that segue, so oh. thank you, buddy. Yours was, yours was so much better, though. Nah. It's almost you like did. you she's got a rebel. there. 
but that sort of in, that sort of encompasses the whole thing, right? Jedi's are yeah. like, you're like, oh, Jedi's are great, right? Luke Skywalker, he's awesome, he's good, he's always good, doing good stuff. But in this whole series, there are times when you're like, you know, what? I, I kind of get what the Separatists are doing. Yeah, they they <laughs> seem all right to me. Like they seem like pretty nice people. They're just like they live really far away, and their government's not working for them. Yeah, it's actually or, interesting that uh, Amidala brings that up. I think in I can't remember if it's episode two or episode three, but she actually brings that point up to Anakin. I think it's episode three. She says, like, do you ever stop to think that maybe we're on the wrong side? That maybe the Republic is now more of a dictatorship and it's not really helping people? So maybe the Separatists, like you said, have the right idea? So it's interesting that they continue that that train of thought in the series, too. Now, yeah. Dave, is that is that before or after he's uh, given her the old force push? The old force push. Man, you really wanted to work that the out. old really? force babies. I, just I was I, in my Here head. I was like, I got it. I got it. <laughs> Let me have this one. Oh, wait, Pat, Padma does show up uh, um, as as the uh, as She's the defense. The, She's yeah, the defense, defense attorney, attorney. basically. Because uh, uh, why oh, okay. is this new character? You know her already. Yeah, and you she, know her. You, you know the you know stuff. the spinoff. It was a Star Wars intergalactic lawyer, right? <laughs> Law and Order Coruscant. Yeah, done, 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 done. Admiral Tarkin. Wow. Admiral Tarkin, played by Jerry Orbach. You guys are joking, but I'd watch. Anything else from this episode or this series before we get to uh, some reviews? No, let's do these reviews. I, I know that we have some interesting reviews, Dave. I, I want to... I know that you mentioned that you... So, you know, we... It, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk for everybody that's on the show right now and say that I believe that we all really enjoyed this show. But every once in a while, other people have difference opi- or a difference of opinions. And those people are wrong. But... We'd like to at least talk about them a little bit and shed some light on this. And so, Dave, I think you have a really interesting one that you'd like to share with us, correct? Yeah, we, we, we got a couple here that, uh, you know, there were a bunch of these online and most of the fans are, are, they love this show. They were a little cautious at first when they saw the initial movie or the first couple of episodes, but they really got into it. And a lot of these fans left huge, lengthy reviews. These two are, are the, some of the shortest that I found. They're also really bad translations from non-English languages. So I do not Lovely. fault the, I do not fault the people who wrote these for the terrible grammar, but they do make me laugh. So we're going to go with uh, the first one here from Iago y Silvi uh, from Spain. It is titled Very Good, but Within Soul. And I believe it is uh, 7 out of 10 stars. 22 chapters and 3 more. The film, in fact, was 3 chapters. I don't know what the hell that means. In this 25 episodes, almost 10 are really good, another 10 are good, and 5 are bad. The series have all what a fan could expected, but there's not something. Maybe the magic. Maybe you could say soul. Named as you wish. The action is very cool, and the chapters are very accepting, but, as I said, there's something that is not. I think that some many people would love that cartoon, but much more people don't mind at all. In the last chapter, there's a new character that maybe could give to the series that magic. His name is Cade Bane, and is a bounty hunter. Is not the best, but is cool and funny. Great is not the word, but good enough. I think that's going to be my mantra for the rest of my <laughs> Great life. Is Great word. is not the word, but good enough. But good enough. Also, We're going to put that Cad on a Bane t-shirt. Is pretty is pretty badass. He, he factors in a little bit. Is it, is it Cade Bane? Is it Cad Bane? Cad Bane. Cad Bane. Okay. Yeah. It's short for Cadbury. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, is he related to the bunny? <laughs> he's sort of like <laughs> he's sort of like the intergalactic combination of Django and Rango. Interesting. 
He really like Rango the lizard that Johnny like Depp lizard, played. Okay, but he acts and, and dresses like Django from <laughs> Django, like Django and Chase. Stop okay. it! Awesome Django rifle, cool hat, looks sort of like a lizard. It's pretty great. I like. Oh my god! I, like I think we have another uh, poorly translated review out there. Sean, is this one yours? We do. Uh, this one is from. Uh, is it? L- L- it's like Libsorg. Libsorg from <laughs> France. It's uh, it's, it's titled like Gross Bill. <laughs> yeah, they just backed it up. Yeah. Oof. It's titled "Not for the Real Fan," capital F in fan. Uh, kindly enough, they say this review may contain spoilers. I give an eight for the quality, but I only give a two for the story. Why did they choose the Clone Wars period? Uh, there's no more surprise for us. Bad guys will not die in this series. Good guys neither. No new weapons, no new development of the main characters. So what we have here? Nice space battles, nice Jedi battle, (laughs) and that's all? I hope to see one day an adaptation of another period with the same technology. We need to see the story after the episode six, the exploitation of the Solo Twins, Mara Jade, Thrawn, etc. Not and new version of the Clone Wars. <laughs> Clone Wars is good for the, air quotes, goodies, but not for the fan. There is also some, air quotes. air quotes, goofs. As the communication in hyperdrive, in parentheses, impossible in a majority of the book, in parentheses, or the C-3PO invinci- invincibility in the episode number four. Deception. <laughs> That's the part that killed me. It's just the it end. Just deception? deception. That needs to be the other side of the T-shirt. Yeah, exactly. Just that. on the back. Great, on the back great is, just is deception. The word. Great, great is not the word, but good enough. On the back side, deception. deception. Ellipsis. <laughs> I love ellipsis it. on both sides. Yeah. <laughs> Double-sided ellipsis. You should I mention really that this was a, when a five C-3PO out of ten became. stars. <laughs> five out of ten stars. Five out of ten stars. I really want to know when C-3PO became invincible, by the way, and why he yeah. doesn't use that more often. I believe episode number four of the first season is when C-3PO Apparently. Yeah. invincible. Yeah, well, get, on, get on Ilborg's level. Come on, man. Well, listen up, Libsorg. I got some good news for you. Uh, episode seven is coming out in just a couple of weeks, so you'll be able to see the story after at the episode six and the exploitation of the Solo Twins. You're all set. Uh, it's that time of the show where we are going to turn it over to our very special guests and give them a chance to let you guys know what they are up to in the area. Again, Mike, thank you very much for coming back to the show. Um, what do you have for the folks out there in listening land? Well, thanks for having me. Uh, it was a great time. Love the show. Um, as always, I'm usually running my coffee shop uh, in Washington, D.C., Flying Fish Coffee and Tea, and also my band. Uh, we're called Signal 30. We're recording an EP, I would call it, probably about five songs, and so nice. that should be out in... The internet airspace on I'm vinyl in the next uh, six eight weeks. No, Is it coming on cool. vinyl? We're not cool enough for vinyl. Oh, no, I'm, okay. I'm gonna venture to say Bandcamp. Uh, yeah, we'll throw it on iTunes. We'll be you know cool. We'll go we'll to pay for it. it. It's nice. it's you know uh, we've been doing the recording. It sounds really great. I'm proud of it. I'm really happy to be a part of it. So uh, check it out. What's that? What's the band name again? I miss it. Signal Thirty. Signal Thirty. Thank you so much. And speaking of thank you so much, Tony. Thanks again, oh, buddy. Thank you so much. Man, Always which episode pleasure. which episode is this? You might be like after Sean and myself and possibly Matt Barron, uh, you might have possibly the most Matt possibly Matt Barron. <laughs> you might have the most um, episodes under your belt there, Chief. 
I'm getting there. Well, and Mel's got a, quite a few at this point too, doesn't she? I think you guys are both in like the six or the okay. the six six range. Okay, sounds all right. Sounds about right. Um, well, yeah, always a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me back. Um, yeah, uh, I am of course doing crowded elevator uh, videos. We're doing that on a regular basis now. Um, so check out Vimeo.com/slash crowded elevator for uh, our most recent films. Uh, we're about to put up one that we just did back in October. Uh, for 72 Film Fest, which won the Audience Award uh, from, from that festival, which is awesome. Um, and, uh, and, <laughs> and and I, I think could have, gotten, could have gotten a little more, but and, and moving on. Uh, but, uh, but that one, we're, we're going to be doing an extended cut from, from that film that we'll be posting. Uh, and then I'm also now doing some improv. I have followed in the footsteps of one Sean Paul Ellis. Uh, and I have I have started a troupe with my classmates, and we are called Trustfall. Uh, we will be performing uh, at DCAC uh, in Adams Morgan, Washington D.C. on December 9th at 7 p.m. So, uh, if you have a chance to come out and see us, make shit up, kind of like we do on. <laughs> Very cool, man. And where can the folks find you guys on uh, social media? Uh, the coffee shop has a Twitter, DC Flying Fish. We also have an Instagram under the same name. Uh, I do not have any of those personally. Probably, <laughs> probably a smart move. I'm a yeah. bit of a Luddite, and I'm proud of it. That's right. Um, you can find me uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Big, at Big Tony VT. Uh, and uh, as I mentioned before, find on Vimeo.com. Awesome. Sean, what do you have going on? I've got a bunch of shows as a part of Wit's Seasonal Disorder Run this December. I know this this is currently December 7th when everybody's listening to this, so there are a bunch more shows for people to check out. I believe they're going all the way until Sunday, December 20th. So you can find out all the tickets and stuff on witdc.org. Um, you can come out if you're in the, the Maryland, D.C., Virginia area. I'd love to have you. Uh, it'll be a ton of fun, and you can see me. I'm performing with my group, Knox, and yeah, it'll be a good time. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter, at Sean Paul Ellis. Awesome. And you can find me over at Collider.com. That's where I do a lot of the uh, recaps of some of your favorite TV shows like Arrow, The Flash, and The Walking Dead. I actually want to give a quick shout-out to a previous guest on this show, Max Nicholson. Uh, he's a freelance writer. He sometimes writes for us over at Collider. He has a great article called um, The Star Wars Comprehensive Guide to Watching... It, it, this would be an incredibly long headline if I said the actual thing, but it's basically a comprehensive guide to watching all the Star Wars stuff in canon, and we will have uh, a link to that up on our page with all the show notes, along with all the contact information for Mike, Tony, and Sean and their calendar of events. You can find me on Twitter at DrClawMD. You can find out more about the show, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Remember, that's morning with a U. You can find us on Twitter at MorningTunes. Check out Sean's handiwork over at our Tumblr page, saturdaymorningcartoons.tumblr.com. We've got a Facebook page. We've got a YouTube account. You can listen to us each and every week through iTunes and Stitcher. And you can send us an email. Let us know how we're doing. Saturdaymorningcartoons at gmail.com. We will be continuing our Star Wars month here with Star Wars Rebels next time on the show. We just wanted to say thanks again to Mike and Tony for joining us for this very special episode. And uh, thank you guys very much for listening. And thanks, Sean, for just being one of the best clones a, a buddy could ask for. Oh, That's adorable. Christmas clones. <laughs> so sweet. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you next time. Pew, pew, pew.